0: All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Wednesday, March 17, 2021. And the Detroit Red Wings have just taken two out of four points from the Carolina Hurricanes, five out of eight points from the Carolina Hurricanes and the Tampa Bay Lightning. As uh the Red Wings beat Carolina four to two at home on when or tuesday night i got my days all mixed up here folks i'm sorry about that uh phil peronic scores his first goal of the year adam ernie scores twice adam ernie the go adam ernie the selkie trophy winner question mark who knows we're gonna get into it all uh dylan larkin played one of if not the best game uh of his season tonight red wings got a dub because of it we're gonna break it all down then we got some more trade deadline talk we got some rumors about mantha we've got some rumors about Merrill. it's gonna be a packed show I'm your host Detroit sports editor Nolan Bianchi with me today as always is host of the Bentley show Scott Bentley shades on my friend shades on <laughs> for this Detroit Red Wing Detroit hockey Red Wings victory those are nice, I listen dude. to your pod bro I listen those to are your nice pod.
1: too those Thanks. are nice those are they kind of give me like like hippie this vibes great radio
0: you know what I mean? Great right. Yeah. That's oh true. yeah, that's absolutely. True. Uh, so what's going on, my friend? How are you doing? Red Wings win Man. tonight. An exciting game. They win. Uh, special cup part two.
1: Yep. I. i you doing it. I'm ecstatic. That was. Uh, I think that that was one of the most entertaining games they've played all year. And, and honestly, from a pure just like how they played, probably one of the best pure games they've played all year. So I'm I'm happy to talk about it. Finally, something little. Get the blood pumping a little bit.
0: Yeah, just get it going a little bit. You know what I a think a little bit uh is a is a big difference from last year. So I, I think I think maybe we might be too down on this team right now. I don't mean, I don't mean that in like a general season long sense, but I think Red Wings fans should be really happy with the way that these last four games have gone, despite the fact that you've come out losers in two of them. You played two of the best teams in the division, two of the best teams in the National Hockey League. Carolina comes into this one tonight, winners of eight in a row. And regardless of, you know, the, the, the mental aspect of the losses that these two teams had, like you could make the argument that the Red Wings only got their wins because Tampa was just caught snoozing and Carolina was caught snoozing. They didn't come out of the gate looking very good tonight. Well, I think what the difference is, this team this year is better in high leverage situations. Not completely. You know, they, they fall apart uh, against Tampa in the first game last week. They almost give up a pretty sizable lead late in the third period of the second game. But I think just, to, just as a whole, uh, in high-leverage situations, like what we saw tonight, they opened the third period on the penalty kill. They play uh, at, in this after a second period where Carolina really stormed back. They weathered that storm, kept it 3-2. Philip Ronick scores his goal. Uh, and that was it. There wasn't really anything that jumped out at me, scared me, nothing that had me shivering in my boots a little bit. And I think, uh, you know, even we can get into this in a second, but I think the shot totals are a little bit disproportionate to what we saw out there on the ice.
1: Yeah, man. I, I truly think that this is one of the best hockey games that this team has played all year. And I think that part of it obviously is just going to have to do with, um, comparing it to last year's team and just realizing that we we are still at the bottom part of the nhl but we are not that team anymore and we take reassurance in that obviously um but i, I think yeah man I, i'm with you i think that this team might be i had the same exact thought in the middle of the second period i was like i don't know man since larkin's come back uh, and like we're getting burt back relatively soon hopefully he's hopefully. you know been out forever um it just kind of seems like maybe this team's a little – I'm not saying this team is anywhere near good. I don't think either of us are. But I think that this team might be a little better than than they're given credit for at times. Maybe not like the guaranteed seller-dweller of the NHL and in, in its current state. And I think that uh, that, that front, front line and Larkin and a lot of people are are to uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Should be – Man, I, I I literally can't think of the word. Should be attributed to that success. Sure, we'll go with that because that's the first word I could think of.
0: All right. Do we even talk about Adam Ernie having two goals tonight?
1: I don't. Man, I don't think. I,
0: I think I skipped that part I, of my intro.
1: I think I, t- <laughs> I I I texted you and said you you've heard of the Gagne game.
0: Yeah, <laughs> tonight was because he, like, he had two in the first. He had two in the first. He almost had a three, a third in the first period. He was really good tonight. Like he could have scored a couple more times. Had another chance in the last couple minutes of the game. Uh, nineteen, uh, sorry, <clears throat> nineteen minutes and nine seconds on the ice with six shots. And Ken Daniels said it towards uh towards the end. You can just tell he's playing like a guy with confidence. And I know you know we we there's something to the way he's played lately. That's like, obviously he will, you know, start to regress like his point totals are probably a little bit higher than his actual production level this season. But at the same time, if Matthias Brohm had nine goals or nine points in 21 games, I think a lot of us would be losing our minds with excitement
1: mm-hmm. and you
0: just have to take Adam Ernie for what he is. And that's uh, a guy that you hope to turn into a fourth line player.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And let's not forget Adam Ernie's 25 years old only Adam 25 Ernie, years old Adam he's Ernie's Brown. right Adam Ernie's not some 30 plus year old veteran let's all remember Adam Ernie is 25 years old you wanted to develop a solid fourth liner he's there's a very good argument obviously that he has become that um you know and and we're going to get into the trade talks later I mean that there's a you want to have options. You want to have avenues open for yourself of, of different things you can do. You want to have flexibility in, as a front office. So him playing well is obviously an incredible, incredibly valuable for this team.
0: And I think what you really want is, uh, I mean, I, I know like we've we've kind of talked at length. Why is it this? Why, why is the ice time, you know, being distributed the way it is? Why is this guy down in Grand Rapids? Why is this guy, Uh, on the taxi squad i think the the what you really hope from this last month before the trade deadline on april 12th is that the veterans in the lineup who are supposed to be there to help you win games help give these guys some confidence so that if you know there it turns out to be a big deadline for the red wings yeah sure they might lose a couple guys they might lose you know a, a good shot on the power play in bobby ryan or uh, Sam Gagne or whoever it may be, you might lose some guys, but you hope that guys have the confidence when their time comes to kind of step into maybe a little bit different of a role. And uh, I think Adam Ernie is doing an excellent job of doing just that.
1: Yeah. I think you, you hit the nail on the head there. I think it's really important to establish a foundation where you can get rid of these people at the deadline and then when the spots are filled that you will have stability and I think that that is that's obviously for a team that's trying to develop young talent and really just any team that's going through a rebuild that's so unbelievably important so yeah I think you nailed it I think just being able to to knowing that we're going to dish some of these guys but the pieces that will still be here that aren't going to be moved that are are playing stable consistent hockey and are not going to completely you know we got into that argument a couple episodes ago like hose the development of any of these kids that are coming up and going to start getting playing time in the second half of the year
0: now uh i felt something tonight while watching Uh uh-oh sebastian aho (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I, I want to I talk about it coming sure. up in this next segment. But first, I got to talk to the folks about Locker Room. It's a live audio-only sports talk platform. It's basically like the radio, except me, other fans, athletes, celebrities, insiders, whoever it is in real time can jump on. It's like a live stream, but basically just for audio. You can start or join an ongoing conversation, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games, uh, and all you need to do, is download the Locker Room app for free in the iOS app store. Create a profile, link your Twitter. So follow me and Scott at Lockdown Red Wings to be notified when my room goes live. We'll be going live on Locker Room during the third period of Thursday night's Dallas and Red Wings game. Hopefully they're not getting the wheels beat off them, but regardless, we'll be there working you through it. It'll be a hot time. Uh, I'm super excited to, to see you guys there. I right, also got to talk to you guys today about Built Bar. Now, we've been telling you guys about Built Bar. It's the best-tasting protein bar on the market, and it has been for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on auto Now, listen, guys. They're doing a March Madness uh, thing going on here. They got brackets. You got brackets. We all got brackets. But this one is to determine which Built, built, built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar madness today's matchup coconut puff versus the peanut butter scott give me your first impressions off the dome
1: i'm a huge peanut butter fan massive massive
0: who who is it i don't trust exactly that That, butter i completely even if they're allergic completely yeah no it's yeah uh go to builtbar.com right now or go to bar underscore built on twitter And remember to use the promo code locked15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is locked15 to get 15% off of your next order at builtbar.com. And check back today to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar of them all.
1: There's an old man sitting next to me, making love to his
0: tonic and (laughs) gin. Today on the Lockdown Today podcast, get more of the sports news you need in less time with Locked On Today. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Scotty, segment two here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast, celebrating a 4-2 win over the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, listen, we talked about the Adam Ernie goal. What I liked about tonight's game is that none of the goals were on accident. All of these goals were very intentional, very deliberate. A great setup from Larkin on the second Ernie goal. Oh. The first goal, a beautiful toe drag by Zadina that I'm probably going to watch over and over and over and over again until I go to sleep <laughs> tonight. Gives Ernie the chance for a rebound. On the third goal, Larkin's wheeling, dealing, styling, profiling, goes through the Unreal. neutral zone, into the offensive Coast zone. to coast, literally coast to coast. Literally coast to coast. And, and you know, I, I, I think I mentioned at the top of the show, that is what I mean when I say that is the best version of Dylan Larkin. The best version of Dylan Larkin looks like that. Um, but I also and I, I also kind of had another thought tonight while watching the Sebastian Ajo goal. He ties it up in the second period. I think that was to tie it up. I can't remember exactly. Um, but it was just a nasty, nasty shot. And I just, like, I'm thinking back to, like, all the goals that the Hurricanes have scored this season. And, you know, Sveshnikov has had his fair share. Like, just watching this team, I, I it obviously, especially this season, like, we've had really, really good stretches of Anthony Mantha, really, really good stretches of Dylan Larkin. But this team lacks, like, show-stopping, national attention-grabbing talent. And it's on the way but like I'm getting impatient for it. Not, no, not impatient. I'm just starting to get really, really excited. And I guess I missed like that. I missed like, Hey, you know, these guys stink, but that guy, he's unreal, you know, like getting brought up uh, on national radio shows and things like that. I just, I, I'm really, really excited for us to get one of those guys.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think, um, uh, right along with that Larkin's performance tonight was unreal, like the all three. And, and I think that in that same breath, having, you know, we were talking about him. We talk about Larkin very differently since he has come back from the injury than we did pre-injury. And that's not Mm -hmm. on, that's not a mistake. That's not on accident. He has looked incredible since he came back. And I think, yeah. I'm right there with you. I think obviously there's a lot of excitement growing about the kids that are coming up, but even games like tonight and games like, you know, Larkin's last two or three to just be able to, I mean, that setup on the Fabry goal was unbelievable. And he almost did it again mm-hmm. later. He had a, a, one of the most insane setups I've seen. And, and it just got blocked in front of the net. But like, I, I mean, if, if, just like what you said, those like show stopping, like, like damn moments, you Mm -hmm. know, Larkin had a couple of those tonight. And I think keeping him in there and having the kids come up, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: And I just think about like the great combos in the game right now, like uh, Nathan McKinnon and, you know, obviously Gabe Landis, but like him on a line with Miko Rantaman, like when you watch those guys work, it's, it's truly something special. When you watch an Austin Matthews or a Mitch Marner go to work, it's truly something special. Now, Austin Matthews himself is a top two, top three, top five, whatever you want to call him, player in this league, maybe the MVP of the NHL this season. So I think to, to get excited for that level of talent is maybe a little bit of a stretch, probably would pump the brakes on that front. However, uh, I just, I, I'm, I cannot wait to have, two guys that I get to watch on a nightly basis who we can expect to be towards the top of the point leaders in the national hockey league. It's, it's been a very long time since that was the case.
1: Yeah. Big time. And, and like you said, man, I, I, and especially like then we'll have, we already have a a good prospect pool that a lot of people are super excited for especially at the top. And then you're going to add in this upcoming draft on top of that, which we talked about with, with Tony and everything like, there's a lot that's going to like the hype is already there now. And then you add in a whole nother dra- draft class and a whole nother free agency class. Like, I, I mean, next year, next year could be like the first like fun, fun year we've had in a minute. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah, that could be, I agree. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's going to be a year where we're like, like deep contenders yet. I think we're probably still two years removed from that in a best case scenario. But as far as just pure oh, entertainment, yeah.
0: Yeah, in a best case scenario.
1: Right, right. <laughs> I, I think right. Best case scenario, yes. I think I think next year from a pure entertainment standpoint, could I could be a fun ass season, man. I really can be.
0: Well, I think like for sure, you have uh definitely Cider coming over. Um yep. Jonathan Berggren, he's been absolutely yep. tearing it up. Like you have you have guys who are going to come over and like for sure be in the lineup guys that you cannot wait to see i don't necessarily know what lucas raymond's role will be when he comes over here but i know that whatever it is i'm i, I can't wait to see him yeah. and uh he does have you know those moments of brilliance he has been playing in a men's league same with Maritz slider i think mm-hmm. the transition for them to come over here uh is going to be maybe a little bit less than it would be if they were simply stuck in the ahl all year uh and so i think that is something to look forward to is that while you want to tamper the expectations and you want to make sure that when they come over here, you're not, you know, expecting them to lead you to a playoff spot right away. I do think that uh, they will be probably a little bit more ready than, than they would have been if they were in North America and not getting to play in the NHL.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, like, like those highlights that we just keep seeing, right. The the Mo highlights every single night, we just keep seeing them and they just keep racking up and then,
0: Sorry, I should clarify. Not, not men's league. No, no, no. The AHL is a men's league. Right. I mean, I mean more of this, this like, it's like a different style uh, over there on the larger, larger sheet of ice. And I think in just this, just the fact that they're doing that there, like if they were doing what they're doing in the SHL, in the AHL, it would be equally, uh, as impre- I, I honestly don't know. I, I don't really know. It would
1: be it. just as exciting, but, like, yeah. From pure excitement, but no, yeah. like, I mean, you, I got what you're saying, just from a style standpoint. But it's, it's just, it's uh, man, like, you could not, you, you, you cannot show me enough of those, like, those clips that that Mo is having on that are all over Twitter, like, pretty mm-hmm. much every time he plays ice hockey
0: gifts, baby. Um,
1: yeah, f- yes,
0: absolutely. It's, I tweeted. Absolutely. uh, I've I tweeted him one time. It was like the Dave Chappelle uh, scratching his neck gif. And it was like the day after like a 5-1 loss. And I was like, hey, you got any more of those SHL highlights? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, new supply comes in every Tuesday and Thursday, you know. <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs> uh, he's, he's a funny guy. Um, But, yeah, I, I mean that – and that's the thing, right? That's the thing that we've, we've pointed back to is the fact that we know the help is on the way, but it's literally across the ocean. And there's yeah. something about like that physical – uh farness that i think uh gets a little bit i don't want to say tiresome or whatever i don't even know what the word is but uh it's definitely not ideal uh one of the things i wanted to bring up before we go to the next segment bernier and fabry in the crease just a just a beautiful moment puck sitting right next to jonathan bernier i don't know how this puck missed fabry on both occasions he swung at it with his stick slid in with his full body, went right over it both times. But then I think was the person who like ended up kind of stopping the goal. I think Sveshnikov was back there and might've been gotten in front of it anyways, but I think Fabry was the one who like put a stop to the shot. Uh, And then him and Bernier just staring at each other. Uh, Fabry just has those crazy eyes and he starts cracking up laughing. Those are the moments that you love. And those are the moments that you can't really have when your team is getting the shit kicked out of them, and so that's nice too to be able to like have moments of levity and be like, oh yeah, this is a game. This isn't just uh, complete misery one hundred percent of the time, all the right. time.
1: Yeah, for sure. This and was and be- that was that was an absolutely incredible moment. And that he's just staring at him. It, to me, it was like, uh, is the puck under me or is the puck under you? Kind of yeah. a moment. Like, <laughs> there, and he's like, who who has the puck right now? And then Bernier shows it to him, and he and then he gets a big smile on his face too. And and even the the after uh, after the Fabry goal, the Larkin and, and Fabry hug, I thought that was yeah. one of the most like electric hugs we've had. Yeah. Like, if, like it sounds weird to say, but if you were to like rank hugs, okay, if you were to rank post goal hugs so far this year, that would be close to
0: the top. Yeah, I hate to go all like LA hippie uh, gangster, but the creative energy was off the charts. Exactly,
1: tonight. exactly. It was just flowing yes
0: um anything else before we get into the third segment oh well last thing i got is is michael rasmussen uh i gave him a shout out on yesterday's pod uh but i thought he looked pretty solid again tonight and he had a move uh getting to the front of the net that it's it's good to know that the speed isn't just in the open ice. It isn't just going through the neutral zone or in the cycle or whatever it is. It's it's getting to the front of the net, maneuvering uh, around the net front. That is going to earn himself uh, a job on the power play.
1: No, I, I think that those there are some things that are a lot easier to develop than others. And like you said, like speed kills and speed mm-hmm. is something that you are, for the most part, you can change it a little bit, but you're fast or you're not. So that is something that absolutely... Um, it, I think that's a bright sign. There are a lot of other skills and areas of hockey that I would much rather, uh, or, or that I, I am, how do I even word what I'm trying to say right now? I am glad that he has that attribute to him and that that's not something that needs to be developed. You can come and you can, you can, you can develop scoring opportunities and, and kind of raise the IQ a little bit and, and even just the shot in general. So I, I think that that's absolutely a great sign.
0: And I think a lot of people want to get on him because I know Ethan is a big proponent of this. I'm gonna uh make fun of Ethan real quick here. But he, you know, whenever I compliment Michael Rasmussen, he goes, But does he look like a ninth overall pick? Right. <laughs> and I and I and because I said he looks like a very he could be a very capable third line center. Like I, I think that's kind of the direction that he might be trending. And is that ideal for a ninth overall pick? I don't know. It depends. Tell me who are your first and second centers. Right. Like, I don't think that we need to have these expectations of Michael. I, I think the fact that if Michael Rasmussen makes it to the NHL, plays a lot of games with the Red Wings in their 3C role, and is a very, very good 3C with another uh, a, a premier center, in addition to Larkin also in the mix, I don't see any problem with that. And as a matter of fact, I think you come away from, the Michael Rasmussen pick thinking, hey, you know, not, not bad.
1: Right. For sure. It, it definitely, uh, uh, I think where Ethan's coming from is it's just, it has more to do with what else we do than it is like him himself to where you consider it a win or not. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like you said, if you're bringing in a lot of other talent and stuff, then, then yeah, if, if you get a third line center out of it and you build a competitive team and he's that third line C that, that uh that's obviously a massive win but you have to do that's great
0: at the net front is good on the power play you know like that is that is ultra valuable to me and i think i I just don't want i think that he does deserve a little bit of props for that so we are going to uh get into segment three here a little bit of trade deadline talk we've got some stuff on anthony mantha and john merrill we teased it a little bit at the start uh first i got to talk to you guys about betonline.ag Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You've got real time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. Bet Online also has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device today. Sign up and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use our promo code Lockdown. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus when you make your first deposit using that promo code Lockdown at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Last kind of play in this period. Every Wednesday on Lockdown NHL, take a deep dive into the Western Conference with Sarah Avampetto of Lockdown Kings and Tom Gazzola of Lockdown Oilers. Whether it's a look at the top contenders like Vegas or Colorado or breaking down the rebuilds of the Kings and Blackhawks, Lockdown NHL has you covered on Western Conference Wednesdays. Subscribe to Lockdown NHL wherever you get your podcasts. All right, segment three of the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We're breaking down some trade rumors involving your Detroit Red Wings. One of them surrounding Anthony Mantha, Dennis Bernstein, on the fourth period uh, show. I think that's the fourth period podcast hosted by David Pinata. He's great. He's a great follow, uh, especially around this time. Big trade breaker, big uh, news breaker, all that good stuff. Go give him a follow. Uh, but in this, we talked, they, they talked about Anthony Mantha. He said that the Red Wings had begun uh, to listen to teams. Now they weren't sure. If this is a deal that would get done in the offseason, or if it seems like a more offseason-type move, it might be trending in that direction. But if teams are interested... <clears throat> but if the Red Wings are taking calls on Anthony Mantha, they said a few teams are interested. Now, one uh, really caught my eye, and we'll start with the Los Angeles Kings. If you dish Anthony Mantha to the Los Angeles Kings, a potential 40-goal scorer... I think you can get one hell of a return. And if you're looking at prospect pools, I don't know if there are many better to pull f- or to pull from uh, than Los Angeles's. Maybe you can get an Arthur Kaliev. Maybe you can throw in something uh, and somehow wrestle an Alex Turcotte. I don't really think that's going to happen, uh, but maybe you can get a Gabe Velarde and be, you know, have somebody to look at and say, Oh, maybe he's, you know, one of your, one of your really good centers in the future. So um so what was your reaction to that? Just kind of walk me through what, what you're thinking on that one.
1: I, A, the Kings is like best case scenario. We'll just get yeah. that out. That is that is literally – for probably for all parties involved, honestly. Probably for Mantha too. I mean, let's – you know what I mean? The thing that makes Mantha – Mantha's market so interesting is that because he's relatively young and because he still has what three years left on his deal, and because a, a lot of people seem to believe that there's this another level to him, um I the reason that he's so interesting is because he casts such a wide net. There's no one, really. You're gonna find you're gonna be pressed to find anybody really, except maybe the elites of the elites that aren't going to be interested in the potentially bringing in an Anthony Mantha. So from a desperation, like a a seller at the deadline, kind of a thing, you might be true, but I think for an off season deal, I could easily see LA paying a a pretty decent price. And I could see a lot of teams, honestly. Um, And, and LA is obviously with their prospect pool. That's a, very good scenario for us being that their lower end prospects, even in their top 10 or even the lower part of their top 20, if we're like digging deep for like the second and third prospects in a deal, you know, those are guys that would be ranked way higher in other organizations. Those are great pieces. So I think that uh, that's when I heard that I, I lit up a little bit. I got a little excited because that's in my eyes, that's a, that's a dream scenario for, for pretty much everyone.
0: Yeah. The problem with Pittsburgh is that uh they don't have a first rounder next year. So maybe that you can do hurt. something to weasel. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think honestly, when it comes to Pittsburgh, your best bet and something that honestly might be the most attractive thing to begin with is trying to wrestle that 2022 pick away from them. And Anthony Mantha sure is a hell of a piece to do that penguins. I believe are a team that while they just hire Brian Burke and Ron Hextall to maximize the window of Sidney Crosby. I also think that they hired two guys who are very realistic about the situation. And I get the sense, like just from what I've heard on different radio shows and things like that, that Sidney Crosby is not going to stand idly by while his franchise just burns to the ground and then go through a rebuild for the last five years of his, of his career. Yeah. I think if something needs to be done in Pittsburgh, if a tough decision needs to be made, I think that decision will be made. I think we will see uh, that plug get pulled. I think we will see Sidney Crosby get sent out, you know, however they decide to end up doing it. But right now they are in desperation mode. And, and it, I highly doubt that they're going to be itching to get rid of that 2022 first round pick. But if they can get a guy like Anthony Mantha in return, and then miss the playoffs next year who knows they they might have a decent season or or they might fail down the stretch they might trade for mantha absolutely fall apart down the stretch decide to blow it up over the off season and then all of a sudden you're looking at that penguins pick and going holy shit that might be a top three pick now you've got two bites at the apple in the shane Wright lottery so i mean that that to me is is probably a best case scenario and then boston as well i mean you could honestly realistically do the same thing who knows how long that dynasty is going to last right now they are barely hanging on to that fourth playoff spot as it is so i I think yeah i mean if you can get a 2022 first from either of those teams you're looking at a potential extra extra spot in the lottery and that's honestly all you can really ask for at this point the the question is uh, is that worth getting rid of an established player in anthony mantha and i don't i don't necessarily know
1: right yeah the big thing is is like what
0: else are you gonna you have to that there has to be right. more than that I think
1: for sure I, I agree with you and I think we talk about it all the time when we talk about trades but like you gotta look at the timeline that's that's really what a lot of it comes down to is and and Mantha's absolutely young, young enough still to where he can he is definitely if he has not moved part of the future plans of this team so you know is that someone in their mid-20s that you're like hey Let's just ride it out and see what happens. Or, I mean, then there's you know there's some people in the camp of of move him and if you can even throw in like a, a a something else even from our end to even make the return even more plentiful, then maybe you do that. I mean, there's a lot of different avenues you can go with him, but I thought that. That report that, hey, like, this is not a, this is no longer fans being like, hey, is this like something we should do? And it's like, no, like, they're picking up the phone if people are asking for them kind of a thing. That's, that's a whole different territory that we've entered.
0: Uh, Another guy was John Merrill. I haven't heard him necessarily in these discussions as of late, although I think one could reasonably say that it's kind of a no-brainer that he would be involved uh, in these types of discussions. I just hadn't necessarily heard any reports that teams had called about him or that the Red Wings were shopping him, but it makes a lot of sense. He's played a very good year this year. He was a very underrated defenseman on an excellent Vegas team last year, and he only makes $925,000.
1: Yeah. That's the big one is the, is the salary hit, you know, when people look at sellers at the deadline um, and they, they talked about that in that video too. They talked about it um, that between the salary and between that, you know, we're not going to get a ton for them, obviously, but I think that that's a, that's definitely a very movable piece. And even if you get a late round pick, I mean, why not? You know, it's a, that's a, that's a bottom six that you're just dishing away and getting, any type of compensation for is probably a win. And yeah, I think his salary is one of the most uh, intriguing parts of that. So I, I agree.
0: The Washington capitals are also uh, according to our friend, Dennis, interested in Jonathan Bernier. Now they do have a first runner in 21 and 2022. They might be another team who, who are about to go through something very similar. I mean, for all we know, all these teams could be back in the playoffs next season, but I, I think it's worth like, really really trying to go for these picks and especially I mean you have these GMs who probably assume that they're going to still be contenders that they're going to be for late round picks but in the case of Pittsburgh I think the one thing that might be worrisome about them as a trade partner just to take it back one second is that uh this new regime is going to be judged on what they do with those picks it's not going to be like you know when Bob Quinn was just like selling everybody you know tread, like <laughs> just mortgaging the future left and right in his last couple of months as alliance yeah. GM like you might see a couple of GMs do that uh this off season or, or this trade deadline in a year more than most because they know they're not going to get a chance at the 2021 draft or the 2022 draft. Uh, and so that's something to, to keep in mind as well, because you do have to look at, you know, kind of the, the regime and where they are. And some some GMs might be getting fired anyways, if they make a certain yeah. move, regardless of what happens. So Big I think thing that's... in Pittsburgh too, obviously. Absolutely. So uh, be something to keep an eye on there. And then the last one, obviously, Luke Glendening, Montreal and Toronto both brought uh, into that conversation. I think if one of those deals is done, it's going to have to be made soon. so First or bust? First or bust. First Saint- or- us same thing for Adam Ernie you better not call about Adam Ernie don't even don't even waste
1: my time unless you got some disgusting ridiculous you got anything else no I think that's it man
0: all right uh we do have Tony Ferrari coming back on tomorrow probably should have bumped that at the beginning of the show uh more draft talk it's gonna be great it's going to be really exciting. I, I can't remember how it ac- actually ended up splitting up. Oh, we, he does a victory lap on Moritz Sider. He was one oh, of yeah. He time. had Moritz Sider ranked higher than any scout uh, that he knew of heading into the 2019 mm-hmm. NHL draft. Uh, so he's a good guy to listen to. If there's anybody that you should be listening to uh, about the draft, it's Tony Ferrari at Lockdown Red Wings. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day.